so much that he understood not only that there was no room in the bishop's house for him to translate the New Testament, but also that there was no place to do it in all England. Therefore, having by God's providence some aid ministered unto him by Humphrey Mummoth and certain other good men, he took leave of the realm and departed into Germany, where the good man, being inflamed with a tender care and zeal of his country, refused to travail nor diligence how, by all means possible, to reduce his brethren and countrymen of England to the same taste and understanding of God's holy word and verity, which the Lord had endued him withal. Whereupon, considering in his mind, and conferring also with John Firth, Tyndale thought with himself no way more to conduce thereunto, than if the scripture were turned into the vulgar speech that the poor people might read and see the simple plain word of God. He perceived that it was not possible to establish the lay people in any truth, except the scriptures were so plainly laid before their eyes in their mother tongue, that they might see the meaning of the text. For else whatsoever truth be taught them, the enemies of the truth would quench it, either with reasons of sophistry and traditions of their own making, founded without all ground of scripture, or else juggling with the text, expounding it in such a sense as it were impossible to gather of the text, if the right meaning thereof were seen. Master Tyndale considered this only, or most chiefly, to be the causes of all mischief in the church, that the scriptures of God were hidden from people's eyes. For so long the abominable doings and idolatries maintained by the pharisaical clergy could not be espoused, and therefore all their labor was with might and main to keep it down, so that either it should not be read at all, or if it were, they would darken the right sense with the mist of their sophistry, and so entangle those who rebuked or despised their abominations. Resting the scriptures unto their own purpose, contrary unto the meaning of the text, they would so delude the unlearned lay people, that though thou felt in thy hearts, and wert sure that all were false that they said, yet couldst not solve their subtle riddles. For these and such other considerations, this good man was stirred up of God to translate the scripture into his mother tongue, for the profit of the simple people of his country, for setting in hand with the New Testament, which came forth in print about A.D. 1529, Cuthbert Tonstall, Bishop of London, with Sir Thomas More, being sore aggrieved, despised how to destroy that false erroneous translation, as they called it. It happened that one Augustine Packington, a mercer, was then at Antwerp, where the bishop was. This man favored Tyndale, but showed the contrary unto the bishop. The bishop, being desirous to bring his purpose to pass, communed how that he would gladly buy the New Testaments. Packington heard him say so, said, My lord, I can do more in this matter than most merchants that be here, if it be your pleasure. For I know the Dutchmen and strangers that have bought them of Tyndale, and have them here to sell, so that if it be your lordship's pleasure, I must disperse money to pay for them, or else I cannot have them. And so I will assure you to have every book of them that is printed and unsold. The bishop, thinking he had God by the toe, said, Do your diligence, gentle Master Packington. Get them for me, and I will pay whatsoever they cost, 
for I intend to burn and destroy them all at Paul's cross. This Augustine Packington went unto William Tyndale and declared the whole matter, and so upon compact made between them, the Bishop of London had the books, Packington had the thanks, and Tyndale had the money. After this, Tyndale corrected the same New Testaments again, and caused them to be newly imprinted, so that they came thick and threefold over into England. When the bishop perceived that, he sent for Packington, and said to him, How cometh this, that there are so many New Testaments abroad? You promised me that you would buy them all. Then answered Packington, Surely I bought all that were to be had, but I perceive they have printed more since. I see it will never be better so long as they have letters and stamps. Wherefore you were best to buy the stamps too, and so you shall be sure. At which answer the bishop smiled, and so the matter ended. In short space after, it fortuned that George Constantine was apprehended by Sir Thomas More, who was then Chancellor of England, as suspected of certain heresies. Master More asked of him, saying, Constantine, I would have thee be plain with me in one thing that I will ask, and I promise thee, I will show thee favor in all other things wherefore thou art accused. There is beyond the sea Tyndale, Joy, and a great many of you. I know they cannot live without help. There are some that succor them with money, and thou being one of them, hadst thy part thereof, and therefore knowest from whence it came. I pray thee, tell me, who be they that help them thus? My lord, quoth Constantine, I will tell you truly, it is the bishop of London that hath hope in us, for he hath bestowed among us a great deal of money upon new testaments to burn them, and that hath been, and yet is, our only succor and comfort. Now by my troth, quoth More, I think even the same, for so much I told the bishop before he went about it. After that, Master Tyndale took in hand to translate the Old Testament, finishing the five books of Moses, with sundry most learned and godly prologues most worthy to be read and read again by all good Christians. These books being sent over into England, it cannot be spoken what a door of light they opened to the eyes of the whole English nation, which before were shut up in darkness. At his first departing out of the realm, he took his journey into Germany, where he had conference with Luther and other learned men. After he had continued there a certain season, he came down into the Netherlands and had his most abiding in the town of Antwerp. The godly books of Tyndale, and especially the New Testament of his translation, after that they began to come into men's hands, and to spread abroad, wrought great and singular profit to the godly, but the ungodly, envying and disdaining that the people should be anything wiser than they, and fearing lest by the shining beams of truth their works of darkness should be discerned, began to stir with no small ado. At what time Tyndale had translated Deuteronomy, mining to print the same at Hamburg, he sailed thitherward. Upon the coast of Holland he suffered shipwreck, by which he lost all his books, writings, and copies, his money, and his time, and so was compelled to begin all again. He came in another ship to Hamburg, where, at his appointment, Master Coverdale tarried for him, and helped them in translating of the whole five books of Moses, from Easter till December, in the house of a worshipful widow, Mistress Margaret Van Emerson, A.D. 1529, a great sweating sickness being at the same time in the town. So, having dispatched his business at Hamburg, he returned to Antwerp. When God's will was that the New Testament in the common language should come abroad, 
Tyndale and the translator thereof added to the latter end a certain epistle, wherein he desired them that were learned to amend, if aught were found amiss. Wherefore, if there had been any such default deserving correction, it had been the part of courtesy and gentleness for men of knowledge and judgment to have showed their learning therein, and to have redressed what was to be amended. But the clergy, not willing to have that book prosper, cried out upon it, that there was a thousand heresies in it, and that it was not to be corrected, but utterly to be suppressed. Some said it was not possible to translate the scriptures into English. Some, that it was not lawful for the lay people to have it in their mother tongue. Some, that it would make them all heretics. And to the intent to induce the temporal rulers unto their purpose, they said that it would make the people to rebel against the king. All this Tyndale himself, in his prologue before the first book of Moses, declareth, showing further what great pains were taken in examining that translation, and comparing it with their own imaginations, that, with less labor, he supposeth, they might have translated a great part of the Bible, showing, moreover, that they scanned and examined every title and point in such sort, and so narrowly that there was not one eye therein, but if it lacked a prick over his head, they did note it, and numbered it unto the ignorant people for a heresy. So great were then the forward devices of the English clergy, who should have been the guides of light unto their people, to drive the people from the knowledge of the scripture, which neither they would translate themselves, nor yet abide it to be translated of others, to the intent, as Tyndale saith, that the world being kept still in darkness, they might sit in the consciences of the people through vain superstition and false doctrine, to satisfy their ambition and insatiable covetousness, and to exalt their own honor above the king and emperor. Mm -hmm.